tonight on hook, line, and sinker. And tonight we're going to talk about getting planted. Get planted, as you all say. In England we say get planted. We're going to get planted in God. And wow, what an incredible, incredible series this has been. I don't think I've ever preached or taught on a subject that has produced or we've seen such great response from people and just brokenness in people's hearts and freedom in people's lives as they're shaken free from the bait, the snare of the trap that Satan has for every one of us. And offense is a wound that so many of us have found ourselves accepting, but not only accepting, we've found ourselves living with it. And as a result of accepting it and living at it, with it, it's become our identity. It's literally become a part of us. But as we've covered these different points and exposed offense for what it truly, truly is, I believe that many of us have realized that it's not God's will for our lives. Offense is not God's will for our lives. That God did not die upon a cross for us to still live bound. How many believes that? Come on, he didn't die on a cross and go to Calvary and sacrifice and give his life that we're still struggling with issues in our life. So if we turn around and say, well, I've got issues, I guess I'm going to have to live with it. You know what we're saying? What you did on the cross wasn't enough. Can I tell you right now that what he did on the cross is more than enough, not just enough. It's more than enough for every one of us. There's a freedom in God that you and I have got to step into, but because of offense, Because of wounds and hurt, because of the past, we are limiting God. I like what it said in the Celebrate Recovery. You're going to need both hands. Come on, you're going to need two hands. We're grabbing hold of God's things with one hand and we're holding on to other. Come on, I'm ready to grab a hold of God with two hands. I'm ready for that white knuckle syndrome that I'm holding on so tight that my knuckles are white because I want the blessing of God. And I believe so many of you have realized God's got a purpose for your life, and it's time to be free, that there is complete liberty and freedom in Him. No ifs, no buts, no excuses. The only excuses we have are what we make up. You can't find an excuse in the Word of God. God says you're free. God says you're healed. God said you're delivered. God says you are the apple of His eye. That means you're special to Him. God says all those things. We're the ones that make up the excuse, well, I don't think really God loves me. I don't really know if God's healing's for me. It's maybe for that. Come on, we're the ones that makes up the excuses. Why not just trust God? Why not God just believe God? So tonight I want to talk about getting planted. Staying where God has placed you or where God has planted you. For those of you who have been around the church and been around myself 
for a number of years or even probably a few months, you would realize that one of the big themes of my life and one of the big themes that I really push is getting planted in the local church. I absolutely love church. I think church is just absolutely incredible. In fact, I think church is the very heart of God. God loves his church. I said God loves his church. And we're part of the church of God. And you would know that I preach that wholeheartedly, that I believe you need to be planted in the local church. I believe in the local church. Now, can I explain something to you? Local means one, not local as in the Baton Rouge community area church. Come on, when I say local, I mean one church, not hopping from church to church to church to church, because you need to be planted. We're going to see it tonight. You need to be planted for growth. Turn with me, if you were, to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, and beginning in verse 1. Psalms 1, verse 1. Say it with me. Psalms 1, verse 1. I just said that again because I could stall so I could find it in my Bible. So there you go. The Bible says, Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Turn to your neighbor and say, watch what you're listening to. Watch who's giving advice to you. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he doth meditate day and night. And here's where we're focusing in on tonight, verse 3. For he shall, or she shall, be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, literally channels of life, that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he or she does, the Bible says, shall prosper. Now, I know today that that verse, or those verses we read there, doesn't specifically say that we need to find a church and we need to stick into it. But the Bible tells us through those verses and challenges us that we need to watch the environment and the company of those that we keep. And through remaining true to God's word and being faithful to him, there's a promise that we read that will be available to every one of us in verse 3. And he and she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Now listen else whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The word prosper means, doesn't just mean prosper for a moment, it means shall be brought to an end. That God will bring those things to an end. As a tree, God says you and I can be sustained through even the toughest time. Anyone ever had tough times in your life? Come on, times that are hard. I mean, we talk about it a lot. These are tough times for people. And they are. They're tough times for people. But you know what? The Bible says that even through the toughest times of adversity, thank God for the fruitful seasons. The Bible says that when it's the time and season, we're going to flourish. We're going to be great. But the Bible also says during the unfruitful times in our lives, our leaves will still not wither. And there will be prosperity and blessing in our lives. So what kind of tree is that? 
What type of tree is that? I believe that we see the type of tree that God is speaking about there in Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14. Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14 says these words, The righteous shall flourish like palm trees. Now, that's not the trees we're talking about, palm trees. We're going to read on. He shall grow like cedars in Lebanon. Not a cedar tree we're talking about. He's using these as examples. And you could, I could talk a long time about the significance of palm trees and cedars, but look what it goes on to say. But those who are planted, those who are a tree, who are planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. In other words, the best is not behind us, the best is still ahead of us. We can't look and say, well, I'm getting old and I guess it's up for the young people. God says, hey, guess what? The old people have got as much opportunity and chance as the young people because even in their old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Literally means still green. Still green. If you want to make it kind of applicable right now, if you mean green, it means you're recyclable. It means you're good to go again. Come on, you're good to go again. You're round two and you're pumped up and ready to rock and roll. The type of tree that I believe we see from Psalms 1, that there's prosperity and blessing, that we just read of in 92 is this, a tree that plants themselves in the house of God. You and I need to be planted in the house of God. What a promise to us. Here's the promise, not that everything will always go as planned. The promise is not that we'll always live in perfect joy and happiness and peace. That's not what God promises. God promises those who are planted in him will be sustained. What does that mean? We're going to make it through. Come on, we may have to go through some storms, but when Jesus got in the boat, what did he say? Let's go over to the other side. Come on, there's times when you think you're not going to make it to the other side, but those who are planted in God, those who have faith in God, those who entrust in God, come on, we are sustained through God. Look around us today. Satan has done an absolutely incredible job at unsettling people in church. Uprooting so many people. You see, Satan knows he cannot stop God's plan. We're recapping a little bit tonight. Satan knows that he cannot stop God's plan. But listen to me. If he can limit the fruit production, he's happy with that. Satan can't stop the plan of God, but if he can stop you and I from being fruitful, perhaps he is really succeeding In his course. Because the Bible says those who flourish are those who are planted. And this is why Satan uses offense. He wants Bishop to be offended with Mr. Huss. And Mr. Huss to be offended with Earl. And Megan to be offended with Miss Breezy. He wants us all to get offended and all bent out of shape. She looked at me wrong. She didn't look at me. He said this. He didn't say this. I can't believe, Pastor. All these things. He wants all these offense. For what reason? To make us uproot and move. I'm not going to that church anymore. I'm not going to even believe in God anymore. Uprooting our lives and moving because of offense. What happens to a plant if you transplant it every couple of months? It's going to die. But you know what happens? Here's the process. You begin to destroy first its root system. So therefore, you cause its root structure to diminish. Every time you rip it up, it loses a little bit of its life support. The root system begins to diminish. 
as a result of the diminishing of the roots, it's limited now in its blossom and in its growth. And eventually it will die of shock. If God put you in this house, I'm going to be specific tonight. If God placed you in Heartsey's Family Life Church, then the only one who has the right to move you is God himself. I'm telling you right now, you better listen to this. So many people get offended and they leave. Isaiah 55, I believe it speaks about you shall go out with joy and you shall be led forth with peace. I believe that is the only way that you should leave a church is in joy and in peace as God relocates you and he uproots you and plants you. Because how many knows when God uproots you, he doesn't make no mistakes. You're not going to die. You're going to grow in a greater way. God's preparing you perhaps for something else. God maybe have to take you out of a smaller pot to put you in a bigger one, whatever. But if you move, well, I'm offended. Don't like celebrate recovery. Don't believe in that stuff. I mean, where's it gone? We just need to lay hands on those people and cast some devils out of them. Maybe you need a devil cast out of you. I don't like this and I don't like that. So easily we can be offended. There's a lot of people here today, I can tell you right now, that left this church because of offense. And I hate to tell you this, but they're not going anywhere very fast. And I don't mean that we're the only church. God hears me, we're not. There's a lot of great churches here in town. I mean, there's a lot of great churches and a lot of great men of God in this town. But if you leave for the wrong reasons, you're leaving and causing unfruitfulness wherever you go. Because if you're leaving with a bad attitude, guess what happens? Your attitude goes with you. I heard a proverb that they were talking about in the book that I was reading by John Bevere, The Bait of Satan. He was talking about an old proverb that was back from the Western days when everyone was moving west. Is that right? They were moving west and they were moving out. And there was an old wise man that stood at the edge of the town and he watched all these people coming in. And he asked family after family the same question. When they would ask him, what kind of people live in this town? And his reply and question back at them was this. What kind of people lived in the town where you came from? First group of people said, well, man, they were mean people. They robbed from us. They stole. I mean, no one was kind. And just everyone, the old wise man looked at him and says, well, guess what? Those kind of people live here in that town. Do you know what those people did? They moved on to the next town. But then another group came on and said, well, what kind of people lived here? And the old man said, well, what kind of people lived in the town? Well, they were kind people, compassionate. If there was a job that needed to be done, the community rallied together and everyone did it. And the guy says, well, that's funny. That's the kind of people that live in this town. Same town. But what happens? He says, your opinion or the experiences of your life that you've had If you don't deal with them, guess what? You're going to take those with you into your future. So if you're having a good experience, guess what? Probably the next place is going to be a good experience. But if you're having a bad experience and a bad attitude, wherever you go, watch out. Bad attitude is going with you because you're going there. Listen to this scripture from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. But now God has set the members. Wave at me, you're a member. Come on, you're a member. But God has set the members, each one of them, 
in the body. The body he's speaking about is his church, his bride. You are in his church. Notice what it says, just as he pleased. You are here in this church. Why? Because God pleased, not because you pleased. Read it for yourself. But God has set the members, each of them in the body, just as he pleased. It's not as you please, but it's as he pleased. But Satan knows that through offense, he can make you offended and don't like something and don't like this and uproot yourself, thus limiting or perhaps even destroying the growth in your life. But you see, here's the problem with constantly uprooting also and constantly running. And that is this. You will never really address the main area of concern. There's a problem here and you run. What are you doing? You think you're running from the problem. But perhaps you're the problem. We get good at passing the blame to other people. But most of the time, it's not other people who have... In fact, we heard about it Sunday morning. We don't have the right to be offended. We have the choice. But the right's not ours. But what we realize is, it's you... We have learned over these last few sessions that we have learned that God uses the heats of the trials and the tribulations and the opportunities to become offended. To do what? To remove or first to expose our impurities. Come on. When the fire comes up, that which is inside of us will begin to surface. What is God trying to do? God's trying to reveal who we are. It's nothing to do with the person beside you. God's interested in you. But when we run all the time, you know all we're focusing in on is everyone else apart from ourselves. You know why we need to get planted? Because God hasn't finished with us yet. God's wanting to refine us. God's wanting to change us. God's wanting to challenge us. Now, there is no change if I run and if I run and if I run. Why? Because it's everyone else's fault. I'll tell you this, and you're never going to find a perfect church because you'll be there. I'm just going to move because I'm going to find this and that. You're never going to find a perfect church because you'll be there. But let's look at plants and trees tonight and discover very important truths that need to be in our lives. When a fruit tree is put into the ground, it has to face all different climates and different conditions, different storms and different adversities. There's going to be rain. There's going to be hot sun. There's going to be wind, humidity, drought. All these different things, extremes, that are going to come against it. But what if that tree turned around and said to the gardener, Hey, gardener, I want you to take me out of these extremes. I want you to put me in a place that's not sweltering hot. I want you to put me in a place that just has enough water that I'm not drowning. I want you to put me in a place there's no wind and there's no hustle and bustle. I just want you to put me in a perfect, controlled environment. You know what would happen if that gardener listened to the tree? He would end up harming that tree. And here's why. I'm going to educate some of you city people tonight. We're up in the country. A tree that endures the storms 
the excessive rain, the hot, hot sun. You know how it does it? By sending its roots down deeper. The adversity they face will eventually be the source of great stability. Because of the extremes, because of the attacks, the roots go deeper. Because of the trials, there's a greater stability that can be found in that tree. I've got to say this again. Can you see why Satan wants you to be offended? Can you see why Satan wants you to uproot yourself out of your marriages, out of your relationships, out of your churches, out of that place where he's placed you? Can you see why Satan wants to do this? Why? Because he realizes through adversity there can be a stability that is produced in every one of our lives. The harshness of the elements that surround us. The harshness of the elements that surround those trees, it causes them to seek another source of life. And then they will eventually come to a place that even when the greatest storms and extremes come, it won't affect their ability to produce fruit. To produce fruit. In other words, like what we just read in Psalms Chapter 1, a believer, you and I who choose to delight in the word of God, what God's word says, to build our lives upon the truth of God's word. That even in the midst of adversity, we can find strength to avoid offense. Why? Because we become like trees where our roots search deep to where the Spirit of God, our life source, God breathed His Spirit into man, that we can plug into the life source that will provide all the necessary strength and nourishment that you and I need. That means no matter what's going on around us, there's still life within us. Come on. No matter what's going on around us, we've been wrongly. Hey, we've got genuine reason. I mean, they have wronged us. They have hurt us. They are wrong for what they've done. All these things that's going around us, the opportunities, as Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, the opportunities of offense, they're all around us. But yet when we try to justify them, we let them into us. Come on, it can stay all around us, but it doesn't have to and it cannot get inside of us because no matter what's around us, there can still be life within us. Why? Because we're connected to life. We're connected to God. Come on, we're planted in God. We're planted in His house. Listen to me, when we get like that, planted, here's a great statement that you need to write down. When we get planted, adversity will then become the catalyst of fruit. Think about that. When we get planted, adversity will, be the, will then become the catalyst for fruit. What do I mean? The trials will produce fruit in our lives. Listen to what Jesus 
describes the stony ground in the parable of the sower. We know the ground is a type of the heart. Jesus talks about the thorns. He talks about the wayside. He talks about the stony. He talks about the good soil. And in the stony ground, listen to what Jesus says. As the disciples said to him, Jesus, we don't quite understand. Explain it to us. Jesus explains it to him in Mark 4, verse 16 and 17. And Jesus says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the, world's, for the word's sake, immediately, the New King James says, they stumble. But I like what the King James Version says. It says, immediately they become offended. They get offended. Those who have a stony heart, a heart that's allowed offense to come in, Flourishing for a moment, but no real depth in their life. Not being planted, not being established. You see, once we leave the place that God has chosen for us, our root system will begin to dwarf. And the next time it will be easier for you to flee from adversity. Why? Because next time your roots aren't really as deep. You'll move again and you'll move again, but eventually you'll come to a place where you have little or no strength to endure the hardships and the persecutions. What you and I have tried to run away from now becomes the fruit of our life. Think about that. They hurt me, so what do I do? I run from that hurt, but what becomes the fruit of my life? Hurt. They wronged me, so what happens? I run from that, but what's the fruit of my life? Because of that wrong, I'm now bitter. That which I flee from to try and get away from comes with me. Why? Because I can't run. I've got to get planted. Come on, I can't run. I've got to get planted in God. When you and I become offended, you cut off your own ability to produce fruit. Wow, what a statement. If you don't hear anything else tonight, I think you need to hear that. When you become offended, you cut off your... No, it's their fault. Pastor Philip, they did it, not me. You are the one that chose. Offense is a choice that you have chosen to take. You have chosen to be offended. No one else can make that choice for you. Offense is a choice. And no seasoned Christian in the world of God has any defendable excuse why they should become offended. So because of your offense, you have cut off the lifeline or the ability in your life to produce fruit. Now you may turn around and say, well, Pastor Philip, I don't believe that because, you know what, I see miracles in my life and and God's done this and God's touched me and, and all these kind of things. I like what John Bevere says in that book, The Bait of Satan. He says this, Perhaps what you're witnessing in your life is just the gifts of the Spirit and not the fruits of the Spirit. Perhaps what you're experiencing in your life is the grace of God, the gifts of the Spirit. But you know what? One day when you stand before God, Helga, we're not going to be judged on our spirit of gifts. We're not going to be judged on our gifts. 
We're going to be judged on our fruit. Hello? We're going to be judged on our fruit. Gifts are given. But fruit has to be cultivated. Read John 15. He that doesn't bear fruit. Jesus says, I'm going to prune him back. Why? Because he wants us to bear fruit and not only bear fruit, but his desire for every one of us is that our fruit will remain. Through what? Through the dry times, the hard times, through the adversities, the tribulations that we read of in Psalms 1. There's going to be times of season and times out of season, but our leaves will never wither and whatever we do will prosper and grow. There's a blessing that God has for every one of our lives. But I'm telling you, if we're uprooting ourselves and going from one thing to the other, we're not going to find that in our lives. It's only when we get planted in God, planted in his house. I wish I had more time tonight, but the story of Cain and Abel, almost at the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve's children. The Bible says one day they brought a sacrifice before God. How many knows the story? If you don't read it for yourself, it's in Genesis beginning somewhere, like four or five or somewhere in there. Start at Genesis 1 and start reading and you'll find it. How's that? And if you get to Revelations, go back because you missed it. But we know that Cain brought some of the harvest that he had worked so hard to see come forth. He brought the labors of his hands. The Bible says that Abel killed a firstborn and he gave a lamb. Long story short, that was what God required. And as a result, Cain gets mad. He gets mad because God doesn't accept his sacrifice. But here's the graciousness of God. God turned around and said to him, I'm giving you another chance. God almost told him what to do. He said, sin's crouching, waiting at your door. But you know what? It should not have to rule over you. I'm giving you the way of escape. But what God was showing Cain was this. You and I cannot win the approval of God and the acceptance of God through anything we try to do. We can't earn our salvation. Come on, it's only through grace. That's what God was showing through these sacrifices. A shed lamb was what? It was symbolic of the shed lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb that would be given for the remission and the removal of every one of our sins. The blood of a lamb only covered, but the blood of the spotless lamb removed the grace of God. But Cain got offended. He got mad at God. He got offended at God. And rather than repenting and doing what was right, turned around and he killed his brother. Look what God says to Cain in Genesis 4, verse 11 and 12. Incidentally, the story is in Genesis 4. So now you are cursed from the earth. Why is, you've got to understand this, why is Cain cursed? Is it God's will that he would be cursed? Hello, help me out. Not God's will that any should perish, but that all should have. He had cursed or put a curse upon himself because he had allowed offense to get into his heart. It was his fault. And now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hands. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. What is it talking about? Your fruitfulness is gone. 
a vagabond or a fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be about the earth. You know how many vagabonds and fugitives we've got today that are uprooting themselves, going here and everywhere? And guess what? You're not going to be fruitful in your life. You've brought a curse upon your life. The thing that Cain feared the most. Listen to me. You know what Cain feared the most? To be rejected by God. That's got to be the greatest fear from every one of us, to be rejected by God. But listen to this. That thing that he feared the most, rejection from God, he brought as a judgment upon himself. What did we say earlier? We become, or to become offended is to cut off our own ability to produce fruit. Because of his offense, it wasn't his brother's fault he didn't do right. Abel was never the one to blame. Abel wasn't the one who told Cain what to bring. Cain knew what to do, but he wanted to cut some corners and do it his own way. Sound familiar? I want to do it my own way because my way's better. It was never Abel's fault. But because offense came into Cain's heart, he lashed out at his brother, taking his life. And his anger killed his brother. And then his bitterness began his downfall. Offense, offense, offense. Offense's design is to make you barren, to make you isolated. Proverbs says a man who isolates himself, I think it's Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself rages against all sound judgment, all right wisdom. He rages against it. He fights against it. Why? Because he has isolated himself. He's imprisoned himself in his own self-pity. Built the walls of protection that now have become a fortified prison. He cannot shake free from. Offense will make you feel that you have been the only one who's wrong. Offense will cause your life to come, become unfruitful. You've got to get planted in God. You've got to get planted in His house. You've got to refuse to allow offense to destroy your ability to produce. Because that's exactly what it will do. What was the first thing that God told Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. What is God's desire for your life? For you to be fruitful and multiply. How can we be fruitful and multiply? By being planted, by being established, by being fixed, not through offense, not through others' opinions and all that, by planted in God and in His house and not allowing any circumstance or situation to move you but yet drive your roots down deeper. That the greater the storm, the greater the fruit that's going to come forth in your life. Why? Because you're finding a new source of life. And that life is God. I know I said it earlier in a gesture, but it's so true. There's no such place as a perfect church. But there is a church that God has placed you in. That no matter what, until he releases you, you must remain and be planted in. The adversity will be the catalyst 
that will produce the greatest fruit of your life. When the storms of life come, and if they haven't come yet, hold on, they're coming. When the storms come, maybe you're in a storm right now. You have got to be grounded and rooted in God and in His house. Because if you're not, the Bible says, and great was the fall. Remember the wise and the foolish? The one that was built upon the rock, the same storm came, but it survived. But the Bible says the one that was built upon the sand, self, hurt, pains, the past, the mistakes, the one who was built upon those things, the Bible says, and great was its fall. If you're not planted in God, if you're not established in His Word, if you're not connected to His house, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be fruitful. And everything that comes, you're going to fall victim to it because you're not going to be able to succumb to the attacks of Satan. I'm telling you right now, you look at the people who have greatest offense. They're the people who have no grounding or very little grounding in their life. Not always the case. There are exceptions to every rule. But as I've said many times, I don't want to live in exceptions. I want to live by the rule. There's always exceptions. But I want to live by the rule. That is this. You look at the biggest people who cause the biggest problems in church, and so I tell you, they're the people who are not connected or committed to any church. They're outlaws. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Divisive spirits. The Bible says those type of people, can I tell you right now, I've just been reading in the epistles, Paul says, you mark those people, and you, you look at those people, and, and if they don't change, you disassociate yourself from them. That's what he says. Doesn't mean you don't say, hey, how you doing? But you just don't hang your coat up with them. You know what I'm saying? You don't plant them in your garden. They're not someone you want to grow with. Because how can two walk unless they agree? Two can't walk together unless they agree. That's the word of God, not my word. If you're not planted in God, you're not planted in his word. You're not planted in his house. I'm telling you, watch out because you're opening yourself up to things that are going to get the better of you. Because how great your roots you think you are, every time you uproot yourself or every time you get offended, every time you get mad, every time you go back to the past, you're ripping up and diminishing your source of strength and stability, your life source that is going to produce fruit in your life. My dad said something to me one day, and I'm going to close with this. He said, Philip, the best way to answer your critics is by being fruitful. The best way to answer those who talk against you is by being the best that you can possibly be and let your fruit speak for itself. But what happens when we try to fight them at their own game? That means we're on the same field as them. And what happens? Our fruitfulness diminishes because we're focused somewhere else. Come on, we've got to focus our lives on God, on His Word, in His house. We've got to get planted. We've got to stay planted. We've got to understand we're going to be offended. An opportunity is going to become for us to move. But unless God moves us, and if God hasn't said anything, it's no time to move either. Because when God moves you, you'll know. 
Just like you know that this is your church. Why? Because you know God put you here. The same way, the same God will move you on. And I'm telling you, when you leave this place, if you do leave this place, don't leave under any other pretense except for the fact that you shall go forth with joy and be led forth with peace. Because if not, I'm telling you, you won't be blessed. Nothing to do with our house. That's just the church of God. It's just a principle of God's word. I'm telling you right now, we've covered a lot of ground in offense. But I'm really believing that every one of our lives will never be the same again. Because we've dealt with the hurt of the offense. And now we're showing how we can build our lives and move on beyond it and rise above it that we can be fruitful. Because the enemy's told us we'll never be anything. I'm telling you right now, sky's the limits of what you can be in God if you're planted in him, you're planted in his word, and you're planted in the church. Flourish. Those who are planted shall flourish. Those who are planted shall flourish. If you want to flourish, get planted. Because if you're planted, you'll flourish. And if you want to flourish, then get planted. Get the picture? Stand to your feet tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.